Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. It's Saturday night. It's a relaxing Saturday night. Um, I first and foremost want to send love out to the LNC. 666 the cat the canadians whom i love so dearly and i hope to visit very very soon last night we talked about lincoln and we talked about a whole multitude of things and i always try to give the audience a promise of an inclusive show a safe show i mean you know as long as my mouth you know those those certain fun words that i like to say <laughs> and um I'm reminded that it is, I think it's Noir, Noir Night on Turner Classic Movies. I am a big classic film fan. I studied classic films. I think, you know, when I do the podcast, that's really the, you know, the aspiring filmmaker in me. Because I didn't go to film school. That that kind of was the plan. Go to film school. Get a bachelor's in um, English, I believe. And then get my master of fine arts. But it didn't happen. So here we are, where I talk about films and, uh, oh, Sergeant Rutledge. I've seen that before. That's, that's a fascinating, I'm, I'm doing my, like my channel surfing. And that um, had the late Woody Strode. Oh my goodness. Woody Strode was this athlete. And Sergeant Rutledge is a very powerful film. Um, I believe it was done by, was it John Ford? You know, John Ford had done all of these westerns, and he has this um, other film. Uh, I mean, in terms of the history of it, I, yeah, okay, John Ford, yeah. <sighs> that's that's the thing about film is there are so many little nuggets and things um, that you wouldn't necessarily realize. And as I'm watching it, is that um? Is that, uh, oh yeah, that is, that's Billy Burke. I believe that was the last thing she did. Billy Burke, who was, you know, a Ziegfeld Folly, was, was married to Florence Ziegfeld. Um, if you know what the Ziegfeld Theater is, that's, that's who she was married to. And then she very famously played, like, wives in, uh, like, films like Dinner at Eight. But it was her performance as Glenda the Good Witch and The Wizard of Oz, that I think many of you remember. She's got that red hair and she's got that pink dress. See, I, I mean, all of all of this in my head, all of all of these different characters and and uh, tidbits about film and and also music. You know, I mean, it's not lost on me that um, music is so important and so integral. And uh, yeah. That's why, you know, I, I like to talk about all of it. And, and I'm reminded of those moments when I first started the show and I would talk about certain bands and I would talk about films. And sometimes I would go off on a tangent. I, I try not to do that now. <laughs> you know, I mean, the world, the world is a vast place. There's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear. And, you know, in the in the beginning of all of this, that was the escape is you went to a movie house and you watched movies like silent films. And then you had such a thing as called title writing, which was a story. But this is like 
captions for a, the for the story, but in a different kind of way. And then sound comes to film with the jazz singer in 1928, and then everyone kind of rearranges their their stuff. And um, it, it's it's really documented in the film Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain is not just a musical, but a, a historical kind of like look at early film and. The film stars and the film stars who, you know, sounded great on film and then those who didn't. And it was like, okay, what do we do? <laughs> you know, they called it the talkies. I mean, some of you probably don't know all about that. You, We have to go back and dive and dig. And I mean, you got people like Buster Keaton and, and Charlie Chaplin and um, Canadian's finest uh, Mary Pickford. And even um, the late uh, Marie Dressler, who was also Canadian, by the way. See, all of that, you know. And then music. Music, when they would do the silent films, there was usually a piano score. And someone would be playing piano along to the film. Or there would be a live orchestra. And all of that changed. All of that changed. And now, I mean, you could watch a film on your device could stream it you could go to the theater and watch it i mean i'm waiting for the you know the the moment that when you go to a theater you can see how much of the film is left like you can do on your apple products and your android products you can see how much of the film is left i mean it's funny Uh, in terms of our attention spans you know and and with old films classic films i literally had to force myself to watch it and to not be fidgety and want to end the film or walk out and um yeah yeah i mean if it's it's a if it's a good film or if it's a good album start to finish today i listened to tools Ten Thousand days and i heard things that i hadn't heard in a long time and how that album i remember i knew people who didn't particularly like that album james liked that album but then there were others that we knew eh, i'll listen to it later because it wasn't lateralis, because it wasn't anima, because it wasn't undertow, because it wasn't opiate. And then for 13 years, Tool didn't put out an album. And, you know, because they were living their lives and doing other projects. And then in 2018, they reconvened. In 2019, Fear Inoculum. They are about to do a fall tour. I've talked about it. They may or may not play Aftershock. I have a feeling they're going to play Aftershock. Only because I have four-day passes so it's like oh great great all right all right um so yeah there are things like that that i talk about you know concerts and films and um it's it's an amazing thing to be able to talk about these two mediums that i love and not not to overly do it for all of you i know some of you are like oh my god you're just all over the place yeah i am yeah it's Saturday night. I love Saturday night. I was born on a Saturday, so and that's where I try not to ramble. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Saturday baby, Sagittarius. We like to play with fire. Yeah. <laughs> and what I try to do is before I do the show, I try to like, you know, run some run some notes and stuff and kind of bring my voice a little bit. Uh, to where it's it's almost like going to the gym for your voice so that I'm ready. I don't have to, you know, the microphone and all that other stuff. And um, so, 
yeah, it's a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy time we're living in. It really is. But you have to be thankful for every moment. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about a particular film or album. I mean, I, I talked about 10,000 Days Tool because I'm a big, I'm not, I wouldn't even say a fan. I eat, breathe, and live Tool. The music, the music, you know, growing up, that there really is kind of such a thing as you would put on an album and the album's not going to yell back at you and the album's not going to degrade you. And it's same with a movie. And it's not going to make you feel bad about who you are, especially when you're a teenager. When I was a teenager in the 90s, so it was kind of like this kind of uncertain time and and you didn't know, you know, who you were or what you were. People seem to assume they they knew who you were, but it's like, in terms of you have to find out for yourself and that really is an, an important thing to self-realization and that's why I always stress that people should go to college and find themselves and so yeah it's a it's a cra- it's a crazy it's a crazy world we're living in and we'll be back after these messages And so we're back, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I'm just reminded of it's Saturday or Saturn Day. <laughs> and that's a tool lyric right there. Saturn ascends, choose one or ten. Yeah, it's not on 10,000 days. But, um, you know, there's a skull out that I think they designed. Was it Adam Jones or maybe Alex Gray? Because 10,000 days, you know, in the in the video for... Uh, vicarious there's there's a skull and then inside is a fetus and so they've designed this they they have a signed version which is going for thousands of dollars and then they have a non-signed one which is four hundred dollars i'm a big tool fan but i'm not gonna get that or the cassette usb no i got the t-shirt for the skull with the fetus inside so yeah i mean you know Bands are bands are interesting. You know, you want the T-shirt, you want the mer- the merch booth, the merchandise. Okay, that's what it's about. It's like okay, not so much to prove to people that you were at this performance, but to kind of have something to remember it by. Whether it's a picture, whether it's a a video, you know, and and certain certain bands and certain live acts even comedians they don't like to be filmed and i'm sorry to understand that because it takes away the intimacy from that performance that's why we live in a different world i mean you know i could i could sing the theme song to that tv show that that was such a that was such a revolutionary show and we're not going to focus on it but you know it's all about giving people their dues and I always do that. And I always believe in that. But back to 10,000 days. I was listening to it last night. And I was kind of meditating. I was manifesting. And I'm listening to it. I'm looking out. And it's just kind of like you're taking it in. And that's what a record does. And the fact that that's a seven-year record or 17-year record. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe how time kind of moves 
in different interludes. You know, I mean, it's it, Janet Jackson said it best. Funny how time flies when you're having fun or when you're living life. You know, not every day is going to be the best day. That's what that's really why I started the podcast. I started the podcast and God, now I sound like Barbara Walters. You know, I wanted to do a show about women with different personalities. It's called The View. <laughs> yeah, it's called the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. And I was teaching early education and it was so it, it literally drained me emotionally and physically and mentally and so i needed an outlet you know how you have something that you do professionally and then you have to everyone has to have an outlet or you just kind of you get sucked into something else and you're angry all the time and and i was and complaining and you know it was kind of like what do i do and so for five years, I've been doing this podcast. I mean, there have been times I've been sick. Um, I've like done like episodes, like when I had the tooth thing, um, where I was just so out of it. And I was so kind of, kind of just, we, we all have those moments. It's, imper- it's important. It's an imperative to acknowledge those moments. And that's why I don't do a video show. Those of you who do the more power to you. Jason Almy does them. He looks good on camera and he sounds great. But like I, I, I'm, I'm old fashioned in that aspect where I like just the voice, you know, like the old radio shows that my grandmother's generation would listen to. Where you would listen to things on the radio to quote Queen. Remember that um, Radio Gaga where Lady Gaga got her name. See what I mean? I go from one thing to the to the next, but there's always a point to it. There's always a point to quote the late um uh what was his name <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> oh god um bill hicks or he says is there a point to this <laughs> he was funny he was funny and i bring him up because he's on tools on him album as third eye starts starts to play and he's talking about life and existence and all of these uh, these different things that we wrestle with on a daily basis. So, as a podcaster, <laughs> sometimes it's about you know being included, and sometimes it's not. There are films. Yes, we got podcasters. Are they making fun of them? Are they you know? Because it is. It's a niche. It's a niche. Everyone does this. I I saw something where someone was reading how to do a podcast. I'm thinking, yeah, I know how to do them. (laughs) And and so does everyone else. And there are those who do it better than others. I've often said that I don't think Mark Maron gets the credit. Mark Maron really, in terms of a podcast, Mark Maron, that's who I think about. And, you know, no, nothing against Joe Rogan. But as an interviewer, I'm not impressed. That's just me. That's just my opinion. As an interviewer, I'm not impressed. It's like, okay. Because I get it. You know, there's a naturalistic thing about it. Especially if you're talking with friends or talking about something very important, very serious. But really to have your notes. When I talk to people, when I have them on the show, it's like, okay, let's prepare because you may want to talk about something that I don't want to talk about. And so it's like, okay, I'll give you the floor. <sighs> Whereas, you know, 
if you go on these weird tangents and start talking about things and um that's yeah it's it's interesting to share this platform with people it's not always easy because then you got to know when to break and say okay let's talk about this because if someone just keeps on talking it's like okay i i give you the floor i give you the floor you can run with it you can run with it um jeez evil joe barisi back to tool that Ten Thousand days album first of all the artwork the album just the longevity of the band i mean you think about at that point okay they'd done opiate in 92 undertow in 93 anima in 96 lateralis in 2001 and then in 2006 their fifth album uh, 10,000 Days and then their sixth album Fear Inoculum so it's kind of like who's counting? I know that some of you are counting it's like oh god when are they going to stop? well I think when the Funko Pop comes out they'll stop the rock and roll the rock and roll hall of fame that's when some bands stop you know it's like oh or the bands are already broken up and they have to come back together and then it's awkward like it was for Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, those songs are so great, though. Or Blondie. Talk about that. Talk about an awkward situation. And then Metallica, who, you know, they had all of the past members. And I wanted to end that by talking about Cliff Burton. Cliff Burton, the, you know, bass player for Metallica. The late Cliff Burton. When you think of the song Orion, or you think of uh, uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, and these riffs, and he was such a great bass player. Died too young, and uh, would have been 61 today. So I wanted to acknowledge that, because, you know, come on, it's Metallica. You don't have all of these other bands, especially the thrash bands, without Metallica. It's very essential. It's very important. And that's why I wanted to just throw that out there. I mean, Tool would not exist without Metallica and probably Pink Floyd, probably, um, you know, The Doors. There's some other bands that are in there. Um, King Crimson, you know, they're, they're a big influence on them. And, you know, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted to acknowledge Cliff Burton and... Because that's that's sad. That's sad. And then they went through. Oh my God! You know this Cliff Burton. Cliff Burton dies, and they Jason Newstead. Then Jason Newstead leaves in two thousand two thousand one. Then Robert Trujillo, and and so yeah. I mean, it's not easy being in a band. It really isn't. It's it's almost some would say it's like a marriage. You know, you have your good moments and you have your bad moments. So here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I hope you're all having a good moment. And I bid you all adieu, good night, unpleasant dreams, and have a very exciting Super Bowl weekend.